The following is a conversation between two dudes. Those two dudes are gonna say things that won't appeal to children to keep them away from this. Uh, and, uh, well, they, whatever they say, uh, shouldn't go against them with their employers. I don't know, man, I'm just, uh, I'm just, uh, working on this show. Anyhow, uh, this is about a movie that these two dudes watched in 2018. And that movie in 2018 resulted in two dudes making a podcast. Of those two dudes, they would be on the same podcast. That podcast that became the war movie that would also become the podcast that also became the merchandising empire that became a podcast would be two dudes, one double feature. Welcome! Welcome everyone to Two Dudes, One Double Feature, the show in which two dudes talk two films, and that is about it. I am Dude One, Richard. And I'm Dude Two, Joe. And this is the Season 5 finale, aka the 50th episode of Two Dudes, One Double Feature. We'd celebrate, but we already celebrated something a couple episodes ago, so I just don't have the energy. You know, that, that after party was wild, man. I mean, I, I'll I'll say this much: fifty episodes, <laughs> it, like yeah, <laughs> like the fact that we got we got got to fifty. It's um, honestly kind of unbelievable. And it's like, how do why did you guys let us get this far? Like, <laughs> it's our like, own fault, really. <laughs> it's our fault, but then people, you know, some people, people actually listen to it. People listen. Uh, somebody said they listened to the show. <laughs> that's a reference for for one of our movies later but um i'm gonna turn the tables oh again again you know uh how how is how, how's dude one oh mm. this is a, this is the second time this has ever happened i think yeah yeah second time um i'm doing all right i guess i'm just kind of chilling this is normally that point where i just complain about something and i'm just getting tired of that right now so i'm not going to um but uh, well, no, strike that, because I, I, I might complain about something here in a second. I recently, uh, I don't know how you'll feel about this, but I recently watched, as you call, Your Chappie, which, <laughs> which just to give you context, um, also shout out to our friend Gif, who sort of started this whole thing. A Chappie is a movie that you hate so much, yet you've never seen which, <laughs> like, my own personal views on that is that, with exception, I try not to have that happen with any movie. I try to give, try to give the movie benefit of the doubt because it's only fair. But um, the the concept was just funny because it came out of nowhere. Gif just like randomly started complaining about this movie. He might have seen it by this point. I don't remember. He he might have said. I wouldn't be surprised if he has seen it by now. But. It's just at the time the movie was coming out, Chappie, about a robot named Chappie, and uh, Gif just was like going on and on about just how much he loathed this movie. <laughs> and it just, it was just kind of funny how it played out. Um, we love you, Gif, by the way. Recently, with the release of a movie called Chaos Walking, um, Joey said he may have found his Chappie, and 
I, I I was just curious, and I was I I had it available to me, so I watched it. What what, uh, what were your conclusions about said movie? <laughs> eh, <laughs> mm. it, it's it's basically like Tom Holland is living on a planet that was colonized by humans. Um, but the 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 thing is, all the the men. Um, have something called the noise where their thoughts are visible whereas all the women um, never had that and um, when we initially are on the planet we don't see any women and then Daisy Ridley falls out of the sky from a from a like a escape pod or something that crashes on the planet and um, then Tom Holland sees her and it's just like she's a girl and then just like kind of pervs out a lot of the movie while also like you know having to be like i'm sorry i didn't mean to think that yeah and like she's trying to like contact her ship or whatever it's you know it is what it is (laughs) i didn't expect it to be great not even just the fact that uh, it's concept but also i just i have no faith in tom holland right now i mean yeah between this and cherry this cherry De- um, Devil All the Time, that Netflix movie. Oh, yeah. The- oh man. And even like his his solo MCU movies, I, I wouldn't even though I love the villains, I wouldn't consider them near like my favorites or anything. They're not terrible, but they're not like top tier or anything, I would say. And the, the the one recent Tom Holland movie I liked a lot was probably Onward, that he was like a star of. You know he, was, I mean? he was great in that. I think it was that was a really good movie. Yeah, and then poor Daisy Ridley. <laughs> it's like it's just you felt bad for her the whole time. Though I did like I did like her like Dorothy meets Lilu from Fifth Element outfit that she that she was wearing basically. Uh-huh. Okay, and then Nick Jonas is randomly in it. He doesn't do anything. Wow, <laughs> and you know the movie is boring when even when you put Mads Mikkelsen in a big old like, um, uh, fur coat like like Warren Beatty in that one western, and yet it doesn't like do anything. You're just like, listen, as great as a notion as that is, this isn't this is <laughs> this isn't tickling my fancy at all. Mm. So, yeah, it's not. It's it's you know it's blah. It's not that good. But you don't need to see it, Joey. <laughs> know that you want to, but you don't need to. <laughs> I just, uh, you know, I, it's just like, I think nowadays it's just like my time is too precious now. Because most of the things I watch nowadays are just things for the podcast. Or the occasional, like, free time viewing. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I don't, have to- I don't have time to just sit there and say, ponder, gee willikers, maybe this, this new Tom Holland Daisy Ridley movie is good. I'll spend the money to watch that. <laughs> but I feel like there's probably more to it than just you don't have the time to watch it. <laughs> no, there's definitely more than that. But it's yeah. like, well, I mean, even even like back in the day, I I used to have like the AMC like Stubbs A list, and it's like if there was a bad movie, I could have just you know used one of my Stub A list things because I got three of them a week. But I'm currently not doing that right now because I went to the movies once during the pandemic. And then my next time is July, so it's not worth it to spend $25 a month for three movies a week uh, mm-hmm. at a movie theater. So, yeah, sorry, uh, sorry, Chaos Walking. And I don't even think it's in theaters anymore now. 
Uh, like <laughs> movies aren't in theater. They're snap of a finger. Uh, you know, they're gone. But I guess not great. Um, I'm gonna ask myself, Duke Two, how are you doing? Well, Duke Two, I don't really um, care. Let's move on. Um, you know, <laughs> honestly, I was this close to I was this close to agreeing with you, but it just would have sounded weird. Uh, to no. move on. In all seriousness, how are you doing? I'm fine. Uh, nothing real. I mean, I have some ex- exciting updates that I don't want to r- reveal until maybe the next the next episode, the next yeah. time uh, we we record things or or after that. That way, you know, just for my own safety and the safety of um, others. But you know, uh, I-, I I'm fine as far as like. Bo- I- I'm also I- I'm a big box office guy, so I think. Mm. There's some exciting things. Like I heard, um, you know, Godzilla versus Kong finally crossed a hundred million dollars in the U.S. You know, which is kind of wild. Um, Quiet Place Two has been like been, been like the biggest thing during the pandemic, at least for American audiences. It feels like because that crossed a hundred million dollars not that long ago, and that feels like that's a pretty he- it's it feels like a fairly healthy gross for even for a movie during the pandemic like all things considered like that's pretty good yeah um so you know there there's that um i'm just uh just just getting ready for for different stuff for some, some work during the summer you know just look, going over my materials i have uh i have to do for that um you know but i have some time off now i have some time off now which is nice so I can, you know, just relax. I've been helping Mike a lot with his homework. And, uh, you know, his classes, there are a lot of, like, literature-based things. And I get to read things that I've never really read before. So things mm-hmm. like Dante's Inferno, some of the stories in, like, you know, the Thousand and One Arabian Nights tales and all that. Uh, Paradise Lost, um, you know, Machiavelli's The Prince. So um, thanks, Mike, for giving me that opportunity to be exposed to things. I mean, I, those are works I've obviously heard of, but I've never like sat down to read them because I right. never had like a course that was like, okay, we're reading Dante. Like the one literature course I took in college was a vampire lit course. So I read uh interview with a vampire, Dracula, twilight, uh, <laughs> vampires in the lemon grove and some short stories and all that. So, you know, I mean, that could, that's, I mean, that could still be fun. Uh, oh, that's it's fun, vampires, but it's like, yeah. you know, just other than maybe Dracula, I've never read any like, you know, major, major text like Paradise like Anne Rice or something. Like, like, like oh, talking, oh, vampire. Yeah, no, I get you. Never mind. You, you Milton. I mean. <laughs> Milton, yes. Uh, Machiavelli, which is also funny, too, because we also watch we both watch Luca. I guess we could talk about that briefly. Mm, we watched Luca. That I liked it. It was very cute. I liked um, Sasha Baron Cohen as the deep sea uncle. <laughs> who had to get punched in the heart because he like died for a second and his dad's like just punch him in the heart what it's right there just do it but it's also <laughs> funny too because the movie is the, the movie has a cat named machiavelli it does it does who also has a mustache well, it was a mustache but i also like to mention too that the movie ha- is a nice uh, n- no homage to italy and also italian films like there's some nice like posters in the background like, like i think it was like roman holiday uh, La Strada or some that I, I caught in the background uh, of the movie. Um, it, the move, the kind of vibe that this gave me, it made me think of. You were saying like Leica when we were talking mm-hmm. about it. It kind of made me think of like a like a Studio Ghibli movie where like there's a plot in there, but there's there's a lot more about like you know about the characters and like the mood. 
like the the feel and vibes and stuff like the feelings like especially especially with the way some of the characters were like i i could could have easily seen this be like a 2d animated thing with like you know like maybe a slightly different style and all that and it would probably fit comfortably with some of those like like think about like things like uh, my neighbor totoro you Mm -hmm. know and and some of that some of that stuff but it was fun i i I liked it uh quite a bit allison really liked it it was um it was a good time and but it also brings up like people are sometimes like ugh, pixar are they on a downward trend and i'm like hold up hold up (laughs) any any other studio that would put out toy story 4 onward soul and luca all in a row would be like is this studio on the rise whereas this is true the, the narrative for pixar is like are we in a downward spiral and i'm like First off, are any of these cars too or good dinosaur? No. Okay, we're fine. We're moving on. <laughs> <laughs> like I think like there's there's a there's a spectrum. There's a there's a there's a there's a there's a there's a graph. On one end, you have something like like the Cars franchise, more or less at the at one end. At the other end, you have something like arguably the Toy Story franchise. And and as long as you get closer to the Toy Story franchise in in the Pixar world, I'm fine. I, I don't try to be picky with that because they and, do, they they tend to do pretty and they 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 constantly make original work, which no one really does. I mean, listen, like three out of those four movies are non are not are not sequels. Like that's yeah. that's something to exactly. Be, and my and I know there was a period of time where it felt like Pixar just kept doing sequel after sequel after sequel, but it's like okay, like after they did Toy Story four, they were like, okay, we got some other like creative things that we want to do. And I mean, like Onward is, is, you know, as I've said before, it's a very personal movie. I feel like, and I, it's a movie I connect with very much. Soul was really good, and Luca I think is a, is a fun little thing. So that's all I wanted to say about that. Luca's fun. Um, now we're we're not going to talk about anything that's like Pixar this episode. This is uh, this this might arguably be like the le- like we say at the beginning that like, we're not like a show for children every week. Yeah, this is this if this would be like probably one of the few like legitimately hard R maybe TVMA episodes. So if you're a child, don't listen. Yeah, like I know I've thought about putting this. I've thought about putting these episodes on YouTube at some point. I know I've had friends request me that, and it's like I feel like this one I would have to like bleep out things if we were like (laughs) quoting because we try to limit ourselves somewhat, Mm -hmm. you know. uh, But like I feel like this week it's going to be very hard to do that just because of the nature of these two movies. So this is your final warning, folks. Just like, just like if you have children, like people under 18 around, please don't put this on, you know, like like, it's just, just, just don't please. This, this, and this episode, like both movies are definitely not for kids anyway. It's not like, cause there, sometimes there's like a gray area when you're talking about a children's film and people sometimes get overzealous when talking about a children's film. This is one of those cases where we're talking about two adult movies. We're not, you know, we're not kidding around here. This is not for kids. So, um, I, that said, our first film, uh, our first film is, uh, I feel like there's only one way we can really introduce this, this, this movie. <laughs> and I'll let Rich, I'll let Richard do the honors in doing that. Getting ready. It is, is, am I, am I going to be singing? Is that what, is that what if you want to listen, listen, make, <clears throat> make it more of a value for people who actually listen. I think Allison would, I get, would get kicked out of it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, well, this movie is all about, um, one thing and one thing only America. Fuck yeah. 
<laughs> and that is, of course, the, the 2004 um, little uh, marionette puppet movie, Team America World Police. America! <laughs> <laughs> Coming again to save the motherfucking day, yeah! Like... <laughs> Yeah, so t- Team America, World <laughs> Police. <laughs> this is um, this is definitely one of those, one of those movies that over like, how do you start this conversation? Really, I guess I mean I guess you start with the creators, right? Yeah, I think you have to, which I think you're more familiar with their work than I well, am. I I'm I'm definitely I I without a doubt I'm a fan of their work they uh trey parker and matt stone um or are as they're commonly known as the creators of south park you know which um has been one of the longest running animated shows along like simpsons and family guy but like the difference i think between south park as an adult animated show and most other adult animated shows is that it's the perspective of these two people and on one hand, it is a it is a very pessimistic viewpoint. Um, that's not to say that they don't have. That's that's not to say that they're apathetic because they do very much care, or else they wouldn't be commenting on anything. But it does come from a point that every it's basically everybody's stupid to some degree or another. And in South Park, you know, they they try to be as authentic, but also. Um, have a lot of commentary on how ridiculous everything is. Um, but it's not just South Park that, they're, that they've done. They've also done um, uh, a very... There's a cult movie that they did called Cannibal the Musical, which, contrary to the title, has, like, one scene of cannibalism, and then the rest of it is just, like, like a legitimate, like, kind of happy musical with, like, just really dirty jokes. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say I thought you were gonna say like uh contrary to the title that it, it only has one song and it's all about cannibalism. <laughs> no, it's the exact opposite. Oh, it's, okay. <laughs> I, I I might be able to watch that then. Alright, cool, cool. Like like literally the first song in Cannibal the Musical is um it's like Spadoinkle, because that's like a term that they use for the movie because it's just a silly sounding term. So like if you want to have a good day, you have a Spadoinkle day. Mm-hmm. So I hope you're having a Spadoinkle day. <laughs> Thanks, Richard. <laughs> um, but uh, they also did uh, the Tony Award-winning musical, The Book of Mormon, which mm. is probably like one of the more recent things that they've done um, outside of South Park, which is also, I think it's also worth noting that unlike the creators of, of other like shows who typically work on the show initially, but then gather a team to like sort of work on that show periodically um, to, to let the, to let those creators usher in. They, ever since the show was created, they have made and, and recorded voice work and written and edited every single episode of South Park. Like these are the most hardworking dudes. I was going to ask about that because I know with the Simpsons, Matt, Matt Groening, you know, the create, yeah. basically, basically the creator of the Simpsons, like, you know, he he's not really that involved, as far as I know, with with, with the Simpsons day to day operations anymore. Yeah, I, I was wondering about that with with South Park because I, I feel like at, once you get to a certain point, once you're a big figure like that, and I imagine too, like this might be s- somewhat similar with Seth MacFarlane with Family Guy, mm-hmm. like that he's probably. 
doing other things. That's not to say I'm not saying he doesn't do anything with Family Guy because of course he does, but like mm-hmm. you know m- maybe not as much as like the earlier seasons. So that's interesting. Yeah, no, they with those guys. It's 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 kind of insane. Like like there's actually a great like videos and documentaries about just the whole work process because every episode is made in a week. Which they have that luxury because the animation's meant to be very crude and very like low budget. And initially it was just a bunch of like pieces of cardboard animated. But then of course, um, they got computers and whatnot. But that's and also that also um, explains why each episode's able to be so topical. Because they have the they have that time um, to like look at something that happens in the week, similar to like say like a, a political comedy show like John Oliver like last week tonight. It's kind of like that, but um, it's not kind of it. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't, no, it, it's yeah, it's yeah. able it's able to stay on top. Like one of the things I remember yeah. too, they did like that ni- the nine eleven episode. Mm-hmm. Many years. That's one of the ones I remember. Or like I, not that this is like the most topical, but Lemmy Winks. Yes, yeah, Lemmy Winks. That's, that's the one episode I remember watching, really, <laughs> my, uh, years ago. Uh, but but we're talking about Team America. Okay. Which is, it's a great, It's a, as you started off with the 9-11 thing, and then lead it, because this, this movie is, is all about Matt, Trey Parker, Matt Stone's feelings on the, the, like, foreign policy and the Iraq war, and, like, the war on terror and all that stuff, which, just in case you forgot, in, like, the early 2000s, um, George W. Bush, who was president at the time, and uh, ha- like ha- said, I think he he called like this certain like foreign countries access of evil, and access of evil, yeah. And uh, you know there was this whole hunt for weapons of mass destruction, and everybody had something to say about it, including actors who would go on television, um, who are like like us are incredibly ill qualified to be talking about stuff like that half the time, which I think is kind of a relevant topic, admittedly. Essentially, uh, the movie, in a lot of ways, lampoons and and sort of satirizes that viewpoint. And, like, pretty much... Like, again, it's from the perspective of everybody's an idiot, essentially. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I think about, like... I feel like South Park kind of started that, where I don't want to say... Like, I'm trying to because it's been a while since I've watched the show, but, like, that all both sides are basically the same. They're just... They're, they're all idiots on some on some level. Yeah, it's, like... I, there's, like, there's sort of, like, this balance that, at least in their mind, as far as, like, maybe a solution, because they never really present a possible solution when they're satirizing. It's just satire. But you could argue maybe it's, like, sort of, like, a, a down-the-middle kind of thing. I'm not entirely sure on that one. Yeah, because I know people have criticized them for that as yeah. well. Like, like just saying everybody's an idiot. Like, I don't want to make re- reduce it to that, <laughs> but like, you you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I get that. Yeah, but um, with with this with this one, um, as far as the story is concerned, we focus on Gary Johnston, who is an actor. <laughs> so a- actors is going to be a really big aspect of this whole episode just so you know um which is part of the reason why i think we i thought these, this would be a good pairing between these two movies but um he's not a, not but gary's not just an actor he is the best actor you know like it's almost like a superpower <laughs> like how good he is at acting and no but, but it's he's even he even has like almost like a superhero like origin too where it's just like... <laughs> he does <laughs> 
It's like the superhero with like a mysterious like dark story. <laughs> like I love the bits when he's just like contemplating, and then you just hear like this like really horrifying thing happening. Get me! Help me! Get me! <laughs> oh good lord! Oh, uh, but on that note though, I I think it it, it should be. It should be said that this movie was essentially born out of the idea of kind of like the action hero type movie. Basically, they wanted to do a, a Jerry Bruckheimer movie with puppets. <laughs> that was like a Mike, like a Michael Bay movie, essentially, but with puppets, and all yeah. from and all from the perspective of like hardcore, awesome, totally amazing America, literally to the point where. Um, whenever they try to like show uh, a foreign location, it'll be the most vague description of where it is, but it'll be the exact distance to, <laughs> it'll also tell you how far it is exactly from America. <laughs> and then on top of that, like the whole movie is from the perspective of like, like the, like the totally cool, you could almost argue like conservative American, even to the point where, um, when you look at like the little details that are put into place in all the other countries, like France, the first place we visit is kind of has like a lot of like little lazy stereotypes. Like, like I didn't notice it until I watched a video on it, but the streets <laughs> in France are made of croissants <laughs> <laughs> or like, or like when we go to see Kim Jong-il's palace, essentially, which is built to look like an evil fortress, like from freaking He-Man, almost like castle grayskull <laughs> with like giant mountains and like a like a deep red sort of orange burning sky if you look at some of the like buildings some of them are just chinese takeout boxes because again yeah. lazy american perspective so uh gary being this great tremendous actor team uh is recruited by the team america um uh, who is essentially the most like american character like stereotypes you can think of um and he's he's trying to join the team because they're trying to find like weapons of mass destruction and stop terrorists and whatnot um but they want him because he can go undercover and use his great incredible acting skills <laughs> to save america <laughs> you know what speaking of michael bay movies it makes me think of armageddon yes specifically because it's like what what were there? What was the, the the job occupation for those people in Armageddon? Like, because they they had to be trained to be astronauts. There was like like an oil rig. Like like I know I think like Ben Affleck and Bruce Willis like worked on an oil rig. Yeah, it, something it's like, like that. It's like okay, we're gonna get you guys. We're gonna send you off to space because you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're just like those skills. Like it's like it's like a nice spoof of that. <laughs> you're you're like so American. You're perfect for this. <laughs> well, because like the one guy was like, it was like a like a star quarterback, you know. Yeah, the other yeah. Movie is like, can sense that it's like, she's she's okay. clairvoyant. I sense you're very frustrated right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good God! Oh, but yeah. So, um, they're trying to they're trying to find weapons of mass destruction, um. But they think it's they think it's in the Middle East, but it's actually Kim Jong Il who's causing everything, and uh, he's like the 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 main villain. And um, while they're while they're doing like their missions, they're like breaking and destroying everything, right. <laughs> like collateral damage to so many things. And 
it's just it's a it's a wild movie i guess you could say but it is very much like a commentary from that perspective of that time period and like the 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 reactions to that the thing that i that i tend to focus on because i know next to nothing about politics and i was like a teenager or like a preteen when all that stuff was going on so like i i know of it and i know uh, about it a bit but i don't know everything so i can't speak to to that but like the the whole actor thing i like is what tend is what i've tended to focus on because you know i think of in in our current time period that we've been in i think of like all like i think of like the imagine video and I could see, like, if, if they did, like, a Team America of today, how they would throw that, like, a marionette version of all those actors that were in that video. <laughs> like, um, I think the, the with, with the actors that are in the movie, I think, like, pretty much everybody that gets lampooned somehow... Like it sort of, it, in a way, it reflects something that they actually did. Like, Sean Penn actually talked about, like, how how much he loved and how how great of an experience it was to be in iraq without like acknowledging that they're suffering you know or like janine garofalo like would just repeat what what experts said on on news because she's a celebrity so people will listen to her kind of stuff so that's more or less where the actor lampooning comes from is just that that kind of point of view of why why are we listening to this person who whose job is to read lines and entertain versus someone who's actually meant to like comment on this. It's just, I just love that. Like one of the, one of the final things is that, uh, that Gary, Gary's like idol is Alec Baldwin. <laughs> who's, who's like the main, like who's the leader of the actors, which I'm only saying the actors because I don't really want to say what their organization is called. Yeah. See, that's where I feel like certain things, um, that, we can talk about that later, but <laughs> th that's where certain things f fly off the rails. But it, it, like he's like, oh, I can never, I can never outact out Alec Baldwin. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's Alec Baldwin. I can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> so I, ju I just love that that's the case uh, with, with that. But it's also funny too because later on in Alec Baldwin's career, he's probably most famous for you know being a Trump spoof. Basically, <laughs> basically, which I feel like that would also be lampooned in this movie if it was made today. If I, there I, was like a Team America two, <laughs> Team America two, uh, t uh, twenty twenty or something or something like that. I don't know so, so, something. Uh, yeah, or you know what would have been the perfect time to do it would be like twenty sixteen. Yeah, per that would have been real perfect. Honestly, uh, yeah, <laughs> just, just thinking about everything involved, but. Uh, I, one of my big things with this movie too is that there's just like some ridiculous like running jokes. Like my one of my the the one I always remember is like it's nine eleven times a hundred. My God, that could only mean. <laughs> That's right, <laughs> nine thousand one hundred. <laughs> <laughs> or um, oh my God, or, or no, that would yeah nine thousand one hundred. <laughs> <laughs> or, but it, it, just just stuff stuff like that, um, or um, you know, I, I love like when they had like a, a dangerous animal, but it's like a smaller version of that animal. So you like have like the panthers. The, the panthers are just like kitties, <laughs> and they have like they like the sound effects like. And it just like it's just they're just so adorable, but it's just funny to see the marionette. I think that's like some of the funniest stuff is just the fact that they 
are self-aware that they're puppets. Yes. Like, I think of the action, like, the first, like, big, quote-unquote, fight scene in, in, like, the beginning of the movie when one of the characters, who's kind of, like, the vulgar, tough guy character, um, like, goes to fight one of the, the terrorists, and it's literally just the marionettes, like, shaking next to each other. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or, I love, I love, like, just the little things, too. Like, I love the bit when, um... When Spotswood, who's like kind of the, the, I guess, the Nick Fury of Team America, who talks like this. I think it's literally like like an epic movie voice guy or something, like a trailer voice guy doing that, maybe. But um, his whole, th- like, he comes to visit Gary at the beginning of the movie, and he's like, come come to my limousine. And he, like, turns around, and it's just, just, it's just really awkward, like, to see him walk away. <laughs> Which, apparently, from what I'd read, filming with the marionettes, because initially they didn't want to film with actors. Right. Um, which, I don't like. I don't think they've ever actually made a movie, because they don't really make a lot of movies, because I think they hated the experience of making this movie um, with, like, the censors, but also just, like, the process of working with the puppets and everything, but... But... Um, Initially, they were like, oh, this is going to be so much easier. We're going to work with these marionettes, and we're going to make it work. But it was like an hour's worth of just trying to get one of them to do this. Just turn their head. <laughs> and so, like, yeah. at that point, at that point, they were like, oh, no. <laughs> I, I think a lot, of, a lot of the humor just comes from, like, just seeing the puppets do things. Like, yes. Wh- whenever, whenever they walk out of the room, yes. it's, just, it's just an instant, like, giggle. Because they, they, it looks like they're sitting, but they're moving their legs. It's such an awkward, like, view of just seeing them get out of the room and having them to try to do certain things. Um, or like whenever they interject a real hand to like get yes. to get a certain like. There's a scene when a character flicks a cigarette to light one of the actors on fire. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I think it's Tim Robbins. Um, <laughs> which they, they, like, they have the real act, like, the, they're not voicing themselves, but the real actors do show up in the movie. Um, but, like, like you, instead of seeing, like, a puppet hand, you see a real hand, like, flick a cigarette. Yeah. And it's just funny. <laughs> but, the, yeah, a lot of, like, a lot of the instant, like, humor just comes from the puppets just doing, like, whatever the puppets are doing. Mm-hmm. Like, even the bit when, like, Gary's... Um, in disguise and like the most horrible disguise for so many reasons um and like the the signal for him if he's in trouble is just to like wave his hands and freak out like this but it doesn't work <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh but yeah there, there's and then i i think we gotta there's as far as like the puppets go we have to talk about that scene oh yeah that scene there's there's um there's a sex scene in this movie yeah (laughs) there's there's a sex scene in the movie which caused a lot of of talk it's like like one of the like for all the stuff that that this movie does that was the one thing that really caused a big stir especially with the censors like like the movie's incredibly violent especially towards the end of the movie when like the actors show up and like there's like blood and, and guts and it's it's insane. But like the sex scene um was it, it's a thing. 
<laughs> yeah, and I was actually thinking about the um, the documentary. This movie's mo- movie is not yet rated. Mm. You ever watch that? Yeah, they, they, that's a, they, that's they, actually they, a really good documentary. They, they talk about that. Like the big thing with the documentary is like a lot of like with the MPAA, they don't really focus on violence so much as they do like the sexual stuff that happens in yeah. a movie. I always remember this example from when we were t- I was taking like a media analysis class. They talk about Family Guy, right? Mm. And there's the an episode where like Brian and Stewie, like this baby and this dog beat the crap out of each other, right? And it gets so excessively violent. They didn't get any notes about that. They got notes about like Peter Griffin and Tom Brady and like how that's gay or or, or, or yeah. something like that. Like like they're, they're like gay innuendos or or whatever. They got more complaint FCC complaints about that than anything else. Mm. Um you know, which I think says a lot about our, how our society, uh, particularly in America, operates yeah. as far as this stuff is concerned. Um, and you think about that scene, it's just like, yeah, like, well, they don't have a problem with the violence, but like when there's characters having like an intimate moment, yeah. it, it's like, um, <laughs> no. And it's like, you you don't see it. It's, it's, and like the whole scene is just meant to be like incredibly ridiculous too. Because it's literally just like, it's like, kids when they're playing with barbie dolls and it's sort of that that period in their lives when they're like learning about this stuff or they're figuring out and there's kind of like figuring figuring themselves out some discovery and you know yeah that kind of thing and so like it's literally like you're watching two barbie dolls go at it and it's just it's it's really ridiculous and you can't help but laugh at like a really like oh my god like it makes me think of the the ending scene of sausage party but Oddly enough, I was less uncomfortable watching Team America in that scene than I was the scene at Sausage Party. Mm-hmm. Which, if you've seen Sausage Party, I'm so sorry. <laughs> yeah. Which I do like a lot of the people that worked on that, but still. Um, but that's that was that's a big thing that this movie sort of like fought against is like the censorships and the uh like this the kind of stuff that they 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 could say and couldn't say but i think that's one of the reasons i think trey parker and matt stone work a lot in animation because outside of like the sexual stuff there's a lot of other things you can get away with more in animation than you can live action because there's that disassociation from reality a little bit Mm -hmm. right so they're able to like really let loose and i think and to some degree I, i i almost say and i um, that they may have ruined the perspective of freedom of storytelling simply because they do so much within their R rating. And, like, so many people are... Like, I think of, like, people... This is just a random thought, by the way, but, like, I think of people complaining about how superhero movies don't have enough freedom because they're not R rated, and it's like... Stop it. <laughs> You're literally talking about two completely, completely different things. Different different things like um, an r rating doesn't just doesn't mean that you can be more free it just means that you can you can do a lot more but that doesn't necessarily mean everything needs to be r rated so and even then sometimes like sometimes like an r rating feels forced yes like they're just getting in a couple extra f bombs or getting in like another scene or two just to get the r rating because that also feels like a thing now too where people want to be that excessive because they know people will talk about it because yes. of the excessiveness. So you also can fall into like maybe playing it too safe versus going too hard, you know, mm. hard with something, you know. Um I, will, I think I, also I, I, yeah. I will I will say I don't want to entirely blame 
Trey Parker and Matt Stone for that. But I want to no, say, like, but like within think... the within the machine, I guess, of like that kind of material, I think people look at that and like everything else, they they take the wrong impression from it. Yeah, I think I think with certain things, people do just take the wrong yeah the wrong lesson from from certain things. Um, uh, and, and you know, with, with this movie too, you also gotta like talk about like Kim Jong Il, like how ridiculous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just just he's especially especially the song where he's so he's, lonely he's, 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 he sounds so stere- like stereotypically asian mm-hmm. and you know yes you're, you're making fun of the enemy but it's also like you're you're making fun of that that dial that they mm-hmm. you know the way people speak and you know and i know it, it, people feel different ways about it but it's 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 a hard line to navigate because you want to make fun you want to poke fun at like parents yeah and people like that, but it's also like, do you want, like, I feel like that what didn't eight, my question is, I don't, and I, and I think the answer is no, or I feel like the answer is, otherwise I'm going to delete me saying, <laughs> me making a stupid statement, but was the person who played this character white? It was Trey Parker. It was Trey Parker. Yeah, Trey, Trey Parker voices the majority of the characters. Mm-hmm. Like, Trey Parker and Matt Stone voice the majority of the characters, with with exception of some other characters. Like, obviously we know um, Orson Welles. Reece- <laughs> Maurice Lamarche, uh, who plays the brain on on Pinky and the Pinky and the Brain, and all sorts of great voices, um, uh, p- plays uh, plays Alec Baldwin. Yeah, but um, yeah, no. Trey Parker and Matt Stone pretty much voices every character. Like even like this, even like the small like village characters. That right. you know, and that's a that's a tricky thing with voice acting because yeah. like what you know because if if this was like a live action movie. You would not be able to get away with no. having having him play Kim Jong Il, but even today, like I feel like you would ha- you would almost have to be required to get an Asian actor or, mm. or a Korean actor to play that play that role, and I think it would I think it would help alleviate that a bit because because I don't want to say oh because it's okay to say this no, but because it's like they're probably being asked about this, they probably have maybe some input on the create creation of that spoof. I guess that's my my point. I you know it's a it's long no I think I think I think it's it's an apt point to make though you know because especially it's it's basically like when you watch like the old like Donald Duck like World War Two cartoons or Looney Tunes where you have like the stereotypical Japanese and the stereotypical you know Germans you know it's like you're trying to punch down to the enemy but you're also punching down on a whole population of of people you know or you could could that could be a result. Yeah, like this isn't a justification when I say this at all. Nor is it. It's just. It's just. I guess putting it out there, like I guess from their own viewpoint, because like like the the guys that make South Park, um, they every I think in every single interview they always ask, "Is there a line you won't cross?" And they say, "We haven't found it yet." Like like it doesn't matter. Like you know, to them, like like what they're. They care more about what they're talking about versus how they're talking about it, and maybe that leads into a lot of problems depending on the perspective. But um, I, I, I think in their minds they're like, well, we're trying to put this from the from the actual perspective of America, and so and like in like sort of conservative American viewpoints, that's how they sort of listen and hear that dialect. But again, it doesn't it doesn't justify it at all again because because listen people are still going to laugh at it too yes. that's like the other thing it's like I, your intentions might be good but people but still laugh at it people people will still or you know cuz that's also like another thing we're going to talk about with our next movie a little bit as well yeah 
Because it, it teeters on that. And, like, I think Kim Jong-il, there's a lot of, like, really funny scenes with that character. I'm not trying to say, like, you're terrible if you laugh at that. I'm just, like, saying there's definitely... That's definitely the one thing I felt, like, stuck out to me. That and, like, 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 like what they call the Actors Guild yeah. in this movie. That's very, like, white boy, mid-2000s humor. It's just, mm. like... <laughs> yeah know. i'm sorry no it, it no it it, it definitely is it, but again i um you, you can you can almost again throw it back into that perspective of that was the common tongue and you can almost argue that you know again from the perspective of like that conservative even to this day sadly that's what they would typically call those types of people again not justifying it but i'm, I'm just i guess trying to see it from their point of view and what they're trying no, yeah. to yeah there, there's definitely yeah there's definitely a lot and i'm not i don't hate this movie it's i think i yeah. think it's really funny i mm. think the songs are really great which just... the, like the songs are like the no because like trey parker has has gone on record saying he loves musicals and has been wanting to do a musical hence book of mormon um so like all three of like the major movies are i well they've done four that they've made themselves um I don't remember Orgasmo that much. This is their first movie, but or their second movie, but I know like they have like even the the South Park movie that they did is a musical, right? Which um got nominated for an Oscar for Blame Canada, <laughs> which I remember Robin Williams singing at the Oscars. Um, but uh, but no, like it's it's one of those movies that that is meant to start a conversation. But also sort of, it's a, it's essentially these creators bringing in this point of view saying, okay, you have this view, you have this view, but what about, oh, I just hit the thing, but what about this? And you don't have to agree with it, it's, but it's just, it's all a part of that conversation, especially that time, which was a really weird time in America, but in a way, in a lot of ways is sort of reflective of like the way things have been now with you know the the current political climate and the way people view things and the way or the like a lot all the distrust and everything that's been going on so like there's definitely some things that are very dated and i think that's just natural with again with these types of movies but also with a movie like this that is very much specifically lampooning this particular time period in history right but given given a lot of the similarities that i i personally see with a lot of the stuff that's happening in the movie versus what's happening now it still feels relevant to a degree so it's 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 a it's a it's a really interesting movie like i i hate to say it but maybe it's an important movie <laughs> it is I it's mean, yeah that's like it, it is an important movie and people people still talk about it and and reference it you know mm -hmm. um like it's definitely it's definitely very important, but I also I'd be very curious to see like a spinoff or sequel. <laughs> right. How much income we have have now? Not necessarily because I I think it would be great. Uh, I just I just be very curious. On um, honestly, I I kind of wish Trey Parker and Matt Stone would make another one. I know they don't want to make another movie again, but I'm just I'd really be curious. I know they do yeah, South I, Park, and they they had like the pandemic specials, but you know. But yeah, ultimately, it, it, there, there's still a lot of really funny things in this movie. The songs are great. There's definitely some elements that we could at least question, yes, you know, and have a at least have a conversation about. But it's certainly it's certainly a memorable and important movie with good reason, you know. And I think it, it deserves uh, deserves 
uh, you know, a lot of accolades that, you know, people do give it and mm-hmm. uh, deserves being a talked about movie. But when we come back, we're going to talk about another movie that I feel like sometimes gets forgotten about as a controversial uh, movie. <laughs> Stay tuned. <laughs> Welcome back to Two Dudes One Double Feature in our last segment. Um, we, uh, you know what? I'm proud of us on that note on our la- on that last segment because we we didn't go as off the rails as I thought we would. Yeah, I, I was actually genuinely shocked. I mean, that doesn't mean you should have kids <laughs> listening to this episode or this show. No, 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 general, no, no. But uh, yeah, uh, definitely. Good job, good job, us. Good job, us. I'd pat you on the back, but you know you're in a different state. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, but uh, the ce- celebrations to our mediocrity aside, <laughs> <laughs> for our next movie, we are going to be getting in the, as as, as um, I'm going to try something uh, similar to what I did in the last one. To as one of our one of our central characters of this next movie go, we're about to travel to get off the fucking grid. <laughs> 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 with our next film, Tropic Thunder. Ye ye woo woo I, I. <laughs> Player Player <laughs> We don't negotiate with terrorists. <laughs> I got the TiVo <laughs> Say it with me now. You make me happy. <laughs> I'm a dude playing a dude disguised as another dude. <laughs> On this podcast, two dudes, one double feature. <laughs> Lance. <laughs> Lance. Listen here, Lance. Tropic. Lance. Tropic Blunder. Excuse me. Tropic <laughs> Thunder, though. Tropic Blunder is in the movie. It is in the movie. Tropic Thunder is a, is a little movie. came out 2008, and it's directed by Ben Stiller, also starring Ben Stiller, and it is about... Um, the making of an epic war of an epic um, war film, essentially. But um, it uh, a lot of the a lot of the the humor comes from the fact that a lot of the the actors that are portraying characters in the movie are incredibly stupid and ridiculous. You know, it's kind of like when you think about like a lot of sitcoms. A lot of the people are horrible. Like you would not want to be associated with probably any of these people. I would think. Yeah. So that that's an that's a very important thing uh to say like up front with with, with this movie. <laughs> it also should be worth noting that 
like we talk about actors and like like the film community world a lot of people talk and appreciate uh talk about and appreciate actors but the truth of it is unless you're in the business or somehow have like or you're a journalist maybe we don't know actors at all like we don't know these people personally no we don't even though in some of these cases we 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 pay money to see their faces on the big screen a couple times a year or see if they're TV people we watch them every week on a given TV show we grow a connection to their work which in a lot of ways feels like it it sort of there's this blurred line between knowing who they are and that's why that's why I always find it weird when people talk about actors sometimes like oh that's my soul animal it's like this person's my soul my 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 uh my soulmate, I'm going to marry them one day, or, or like, oh, this person is the, is such a kind, great person, and it's like, do you know that? <laughs> like, are you, do you, did you, like, do you, do you hang out with them? Like, do you know, like, like, what do you know about them outside of their films and their press work? <laughs> That's like, mm. <laughs> But, yeah, tro- Tropic Thunder, like, I think you, re- like, when you start ta- talking about this, you got to talk about the main actor's of, of this piece um ben ben stiller plays tug speedman who is basically like a like a, like a action big action star sort pa- like a like a past his prime big action star like he, he tr- he's tried to get in more dramatic work and it hasn't worked out that well for him let's just no. say uh <laughs> you know there's just a lot going on with him you also have um I forget Jack Black's character's name. He's from like the Fatties. Um, oh, that's dang literally it. what the movies are called. The Fat. Um, Jeff Portnoy. Jeff Portnoy. Jeff Portnoy. Jeff Portnoy. You know, in some cultures, it's considered a compliment. <laughs> but yeah, he's like it. Almost feels like like a like a Eddie Murphy. Uh, yeah, Tyler Perry, like Medea, Nutty Professor, <laughs> like he's he's a bunch of these dumb comedies, but he's also hooked up on a bunch of drugs. It's ridiculous, <laughs> like how how much he's like jonesing on heroin like the whole time. Like it's 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 insane. Um, we also um we we have a uh, we have a Jay Baruchel as uh, Kevin Sandusky, whose name is Butcher <laughs> Kevin Sorbosky, McCluskey, McCluskey, who's is like the one guy who read the script, went, read the book. He did his homework. He's like an aspiring actor. He wants to be in this movie. <laughs> he like, actually wants to be in this movie. And I, I, I think Jay Baruchel, it was perfect for this role because he perfectly exudes <laughs> that. Like he, he's just happy to be there. I love, I, I love the ad libs he puts every now and then. Like, like, like when he's when he's got his like guts, quote unquote, coming out like during the, the opening yeah. of the movie. And he's like, I'm gonna try to put him back in. I think I can do it. <laughs> uh, Bre- Brandon T. Jackson as Alpa uh, Al Pacino. Al, Al Pacino, who um is uh, a hip hop artist who um, is also an entrepreneur and the only reason he's in the movie is to sell product i.e. his uh his much coveted um energy drink booty sweat booty sweat he's really funny <laughs> he, he's got some bits and i, I i'm say i saved this one for last because it's probably mm. the most important and arguably the best perform arguably the best performance in the whole movie it's oscar nominated oscar nominated this the same year that heath ledger um one hit one one his one is for the joker yeah one is for the joker mcu heavyweight robert downey jr <laughs> plays kirk 
Lazarus, a method <laughs> actor who's won multiple Oscars and gets so into his roles that for this particular role, he plays Sergeant Lincoln Osiris, who is a, a black character, and he gets got skin pigmentation uh, surgery to make himself look black, and he speaks like a stereotypical black man throughout the movie. <sighs> <laughs> but... The funniest thing with this with this performance, like there's there's people who bring it up, like is this the right thing? But this wasn't the thing that got the most controversy back in 2008. Funny enough, like it, this actually, like there were a lot more people who were like praising the performance, and it was one of those instances where people actually got what the movie was trying to like. Because sometimes, like you know, we were talking about the last part of the episode, where like there's good intentions, but like sometimes it doesn't always result. It's 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 the idea of like doing what you're complaining about and yet you're still doing it mm -hmm. yeah whereas this movie like it's able to it's able to address that th this this person is just not stable <laughs> clearly like, <laughs> like 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 none of the like that's the the main thing is that our main three actors jack black robert Downey jr and ben stiller none of them are stable like <laughs> like freaking ben stiller tug speedman is incredibly depressed because he thinks nobody loves him mm -hmm. and and he he used to be like the greatest action hero of all time and it, it's, it's kind of funny how like perfect like their situations because it's, it's basically them going okay here are these different types of actors how messed up psychologically are they going to be <laughs> like so it's like you're on top of the world you're then you're literally pushed off the edge and then you fall right to the bottom and no one cares about you to the point where you have to question whether or not someone actually said they were close to you <laughs> that's what I, that's probably my, my favorite line of the whole movie was where she, he's getting interviewed by tyra banks it's like someone someone close to you said so, so, and he's just like someone said, said they, they were close, close to me, me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god it is, but the only person that truly loves tug speedman though is is his is his uh, agent um <laughs> Rick Rick the Pecker Peck. Rick the Pecker Peck. And then with um Jack Black, obviously, he lives this sort of rock star life with his big successful um franchise of the fatties, like the comedy fatties, and that led to him like it's sort of like a satire of like how a lot of sadly how a lot of comedy actors like John Candy and and, and Chris Farley would do excessive drugs and drinking and it's led to them you know uh, sadly passing away yeah uh so jack black is essentially this hardcore heroin addict to the point where he has to store like a bunch of heroin in a bag of jelly beans to take with him until a bat steals it from him and he gets so aggravated that his his, his heroin's gone that he bites the bat <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> which which we I I I watched this last year during lockdown and I was like, oh no, oh my god! It, it it's an interesting movie to watch in twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty one. It really is. And then and then with um, uh, Kirk Lazarus, who's a method actor, which it, it makes me think of like Daniel Day Lewis or Gary Gary Oldman who is gets so into the accents that he does forgot his own accent and had to relearn his own accent and it's, it's insane so like Robert Downey Jr never like seems to know who he is and has incredible like identity crisis that's so like ridiculous 
it's so ridi- it's so ridiculous but it, it and it's so it's so so and the makeup job too is so startlingly good that it 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 really further sells that this man is nuts <laughs> like it's it's you you can't help but look at it and go goodness <laughs> like like you can only like i can only imagine what it was like sitting in the makeup chair every day before shooting I read that it took like two hours every day to to put that on. But I mean, like, like from like a psychological standpoint. psychological standpoint too. Yeah, yes. just like like we're doing this. <laughs> this is actually happening. Robert Downey Jr. just going, "This is my comeback. Got Iron Man coming out. <laughs> I'm gonna do this." <laughs> you know, and it's funny because this movie has not really hurt him as far no, as his career no. is concerned. But if somebody were to make this today, I I do feel like it it, it would take it would be like take a stumble a bit. It, yeah. I almost feel like people would look at his career in recent years and go, the one they the one they're most offended by is like Doolittle or something. That's that's the one I'm most offended by, honestly, but that's a whole <laughs> other conversation. <laughs> but no, that 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 was that's that's a major thing about the movie is just that like his characters, you know, throughout the whole movie, like especially when they finally get to a point where they're or at least most of them realize that they're not actually like they're just lost because the director died and they're trying to figure out what's going on and so they keep asking him why do you keep why are you keep doing this he's like i, I know why i'm doing this you don't need to tell me i know who i am <laughs> but i also want to bring up the the commitment that robert Downey jr had for the role because he's on the commentary track for tropic thunder and i'll never forget because there's the famous line i don't drop character till the dvd commentary and he and he doesn't. He stays. He stays as Lincoln Osiris throughout most of the commentary until like he returns as Kirk Lazarus <laughs> it, 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 towards the end of the movie. It, it's one of the best. Like it's all, it almost makes me think of like this is Spinal Tap. Oh my god! Like something like yeah. that. Um, in a lot of ways. Oh, but the, the rest of the cast in this is so good too. Like they're so good. Nick Nolte, Danny McBride, Bill Hader. Uh oh, psh, Tom Cruise. Listen, Tom Cruise in a lot of scenes like steals the show. This might be his best performance. <laughs> this is my this is yeah, this is arguably like the best Tom Cruise ever. Just and it was one of those things like I remember when the movie was coming out like they kind of kept it a secret. It it, it did get leaked a little bit. Right. But they kind of were keeping it a secret, but then like cuz like I remember everyone going like Tom Cruise is in this movie? Mm-hmm. What? And then you and then you see it and you're like, "Oh my god." <laughs> That's Tom Cruise, and he's got these super fat hands and mm-hmm. arms, which he he wanted. He requested it for the movie. He learned um, hip hop dance, like to, to, like like sort of hip hop dance styles, simply for this movie. And he plays this like power hungry, like incredibly angry <laughs> uh, movie studio producer guy. Mm-hmm. Um, Les Grossman, Les Grossman, who has a lot of some of the some of the best lines, but uh, f- some of the best lines in the movie, some of the best moments. <laughs> his his whole opening moment is just him going, and "Where's the, he's like, and where's the key grip? You hit that director in the face really fucking hard." <laughs> <laughs> no, the, no, my my favorite is, is when like Nick Dolte's in the corner talking. He's just like. Uh, th- thank you, thank you for your service. This, you, you, the country owes you a great debt. Now shut the f up. <laughs> <laughs> Let me do my job. Or like even even during that bit when he just hits someone behind him and it's a squeak noise. 
<laughs> it's just bing. Uh, it, it, it's it's just so great. Or like we don't negotiate with terrorists after he talks to the flaming dragon. <laughs> or 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 like he yells at flaming dragon and then he just goes, "Can you find out who that was, please?" <laughs> Yeah, that that was great. He it, it's it's really really. You fun. pull down their pants and you spank their ass. You spank that ass, Les. <laughs> Bill Hader's great. One of the other things too, I'm looking at too is uh, was a Steve Coogan's in this as, as Steve uh, Coogan as Damian Cockburn. Where I was just reading this, I, he was part. The character was partly inspired by Richard Stanley and his experience on. The Island, Island of, of Dr. Moreau. Um, which, that makes a lot of sense, because that had a very troubled, very troubled history. To my knowledge, he had, like, a really rough period on that. And then, literally years later, he made a movie uh, with Nicolas Cage, which was an H.P. Lovecraft adaptation called Color Out of Space, which I own on Blu-ray, and it's right over there. He's pointing at it's his just... Blu-ray collection, folks. You can't see it, but he's pointing at it. I Trust it's, me. It's over there. Can you see it? It's over there. I can't even see it. Like... <laughs> Uh, uh, you know what? Let me confirm, folks. Let me confirm. Yep, I see his shelf. Okay. <laughs> but, no, I could definitely see that for sure. Like, though I think the movie that tends to get thought of a lot with this one is, what, like Apocalypse Now, right? As far as, like, what it's spoofing, like, the, the movie that they're... I yeah, think, Like, Apocalypse Now or, like, Platoon, especially, because I think about that DVD cover of Platoon. With the arms... Like, I just, I always think about, like, the scene where Ben Stiller gets shot at and is so overly dramatic, and you hear the... <laughs> and that's or the like... DVD, that's the Blu-ray menu music, and just, like, <laughs> and most of this, the shots in, on, on the main menu that they show are not that comedic, so it makes it even funnier, so if you bought this, like, out movie out of context, you're like, what is this? And it starts like... with the Al Pacino, like, booty sweat commercial. <laughs> Which, can we talk about, like, how brilliant it is to, like, introduce our main characters that way? Through, like, their their commercials and, and, and their trailers. It's it's so perfect. Like, like again, like, Al Pacino, like, again, is trying to sell, like, his booty sweat. Um, though, I, he's he's definitely among, like, the, like the obviously the four, like, I mean, we talk about the three because, you know, those ones are heavily advertised. But, like, Al Pacino's very much in that. Though he, though I think we forget about it because his character isn't, like, necessarily outlandish. Because, like... He doesn't go through a radical change either. No. In this. Like, like one of the... And actually, one thing I really like about his character... Because I, I think one of my biggest criticisms with the movie is that I wish there were other perspectives mm -hmm. in the movie. Like, as far as... Because, like, if you made a movie like Tropic Thunder today, there's so many, like, avenues you could go. Like, especially, like, like a female perspective or, like, you know, people in the LGBT... Like, that, like, like, I feel like there's a lot that you could talk about with that. But, like, one of the things I like about his character, like, when, like... When Kirk Lazarus goes like, you people. And he's like, what do you mean, you people? And he's constantly like, man, what are you doing? What is this? He's like, you're Australian. <laughs> Be Australian. <laughs> like, I, I, like that's what I, I think. I, I, he he serves a very useful function because I, I feel like if he wasn't there, it would make it would make the Robert Downey Jr. scenes a lot harder to watch. Honestly, yeah. Like, but also, no but out, but outside of like support, though, he does have like his own arc because towards the end of the movie, we we learn something about him. Oh yeah, that he's that that he's that he's gay. That he's gay. But like the movie, like I feel like that the like the movie, like you could say, like yeah, there's a little bit of like the what you know, there's the, the like you know, trying to get him out. 
But like, there's a happy ending for it. <laughs> yeah, he nice. gets he he gets a happy ending. He gets the man he loves, Lance Bass. <laughs> he gets the man he loves, and that's 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 happy. Even if like it's it's sort of like you know probably you can almost argue stereotypical that they would go with that one guy who at that time I think recently came out. So they're like. Sort of Lance Bass in there, but yeah, you know what? Hey, Lance Bass got paid, but yeah, and also like I, I just think about to um one of the things I do appreciate is that they let the the, the Asian characters like they they speak the language, or at least it, yeah, it, or at least it feels like they speak the language because I feel like you know it, it would have been so easy to just like not <laughs> it it could have done what the last movie did. Because, uh, like, you know, periodically, you know, whenever the, the the terrorist characters show up, like, that are supposed to be Middle Eastern, all they would say is, like, Durka, Durka, and Muhammad, and Jihad, Allah. all mixed in, and Allah, and all mixed into, like, random gibberish nonsense. Um, but they actually, like, let them speak their, their own language, which is nice. I think that's my thing. Like, th- this is, like, it's one of those movies where I would almost want either a sequel or like another movie similar to Tropic Thunder that would like eviscerate Hollywood or like <laughs> attack Hollywood the way this this movie does but like from like I guess from like a like a different like a slightly different perspective you know where most of the characters aren't just a bunch of white guys <laughs> that that would be nice I think I agree with that that but, would be but nice but that's but that said I do appreciate that this movie exists it's one of those movies where people bring up like oh they would never make a movie like blazing saddles today and this is one of those this 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 movies this movie exists and it's a big it's a big budget comedy yeah this thing like like and it's it's a fairly decent enough action movie on its own i guess (laughs) like again similar to 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 team america like you know regardless of the viewpoint it's coming from you can't deny that the people making this movie are very good at what they do it's like we think of like team america with the songs and how great the songs are and how well made the songs are and then with this movie like even though it is making fun of like the war films like like even like i think of the scene when they parody saving private ryan when uh when um tug speedman's disoriented and he's getting up and you're seeing like from his perspective and like there's like the ash and everything and you see Jeff Portnoy like his butt hurts <laughs> like my ass my ass <laughs> and it's literally just that scene from <laughs> from saving private ryan but it's it's so perfectly like recreated like it, it's so good <laughs> it's just, so many like also just uh, so many meat like things that we you and I know reference I got TiVo! <laughs> I got the TiVo! My best friend gets a TiVo! <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to, I think the biggest deal is that he's trying to fight for TiVo in his contract. <laughs> like, Matthew McConaughey is so funny in this movie. Like, he's, he's, his whole, like, yeah, his whole shtick is that he's he's trying to be the best agent ever. Like, even when he first hears that Tug Speedman is kidnapped by Flaming Dragon, he thinks it's another agency. <laughs> like, he's, no, just, no, he's immediately no. afraid to lose Tug Speedman. No, but the other thing is, like, wait, you, you have a dead hooker? <laughs> yeah! <laughs> like, it's he's like, trying to give a tip I, on how I, to I, cover I, it up. <laughs> I, like, killed, oh I, I killed the thing I love most. Can you Can you leave, please? All right, you killed a hooker. You killed a hooker. Oh God! <laughs> no, a panda. Amanda, come on, man. That's not even. That's probably not even a real name. 
God damn it. But I, I, I'm also I, I I'm gonna talk bring this one up though because this is this is by far the most controversial element of the movie. That being simple, Jack, and uh, to give it context, so imagine okay, so imagine like so so Tug Speed was an action star, but he's trying to break into more dramatic roles and be more respected. Yeah, right? and there's and there's always like stereotypically certain roles that actors will like lean towards in order to like in their in their minds break into more dramatic fare or maybe win awards like sadly you know a lot of people talk about like oh if you're an actor and you play a gay character you're automatically like you know going into like drama and stuff like that or like you're doing that or another one being if you play someone who's um mentally ill or you know has a mental disability mm -hmm. That is also an avenue for you to quote unquote win awards and be a dramatic actor. Yeah. And so so imagine like this action star and he's trying to do basically a version of Forrest Gump. And um in the, in that in their universe it was a huge like flop. Yes. Like this is an awful like they acknowledge this is an awful, awful movie. It's the worst movie anyone could have possibly made. The only people that actually like it are Flaming Dragon, <laughs> because it's the only movie. Only movie made. they've. Ever, it's the only movie they've ever seen. That, that that's why I, I laugh at that because it's just like that's out of all the movies, that's the only one that they have. <laughs> but w w the big thing is because is is it the portrayal of of you know people with me mental disabilities and the R word gets thrown around and they they the famous the other famous line in this which movie, w that that caused yeah yeah that caused a like, lot never of... go full are you know yeah you know i'm speaking as somebody who's had to be like in special ed classes and i've you know iep classified i had to go to special you know school for when i was in preschool and all that i was totally okay with this movie doing the simple jack thing because it is attacking like things like forrest gump and other other movies where you know you have like people playing these playing characters with mental disabilities that i think are just so hackneyed and corny and don't really they don't really do anything and people are it's just a hard thing for me because i i hate forrest gump i'm just going to come out and say that and it's 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 a movie that i just hate i i despise <laughs> that's always like whenever we talk about i think whenever we talk about like robert zemeckis or whenever we talk about like back to the future that tends to like not that you you don't ever bring it up, but it gets brought up in the conversation, mm -hmm. and um, so that's that's one thing I've always known about you is that you just have this deep, and it's justified. There's no like I don't I've I'm not as like I've seen Forrest Gump twice in my life, so I don't have any sort of personal connection to it whatsoever. But I think I think you have good reason behind it. Yeah, it's just it, it's it's and as as also as someone who has grown up with like IEP and all that stuff. Yeah. So. Like, you know, it, it, it's just, it always just, and just the way people view that movie too. And just, it, it, it's kind of a disgusting movie, honestly, if you, if you watch it and for, for a number, for a number of reasons, mm. you know, but I, I love that Tropic Thunder is just like a big middle finger to, to Forrest Gump. And, but again, that was the biggest thing with this movie. There was a whole controversy surrounding simple Jack, the use of, the R word. The R word. And, like, Ben Stiller was talking about it. He was just like, the, the, a lot of those, like, complaints didn't come up till much later on when they were, like, screening this movie. 
and all that. And that was one of the other things, too, Robert Downey Jr. was happy about was that he kind of avoided the most controversial <laughs> part of the movie, even though he's a guy in blackface in this movie. Yeah. So I guess, you know, people people are probably going to feel a different mixture of things with Simple Jack. I just know for, for me personally, like mm-hmm. I can I, I can to- I, you can clearly see what they're doing. If you're familiar with Forrest Gump, like with like, again, I, you know, bring up that comparison again, like with the first movie, like the the decisions that were made or the choices that were made to depict certain things the way that they were have that purpose. And, you know, in this in this case, you know, clearly they, they see these types of movies like they mentioned Forrest Gump. They mentioned I am Sam Rain Man, these movies that, you know, would go on to be like big Oscar movies. Well, I don't I don't really know. I am Sam that much but i know like rain man and forrest gump a lot of those different movies like they, they do try to go for that oscar gold yeah because they think oh this person has such range for playing x character and it must have been so hard for you to, to do to do this which is why i think of i think of movies like have you ever seen the ringer the the johnny knoxville movie that's i i it, that sounds familiar because that that whole movie the whole shtick of that movie is that his character um is trying to pretend to be mentally disabled so that he can enter into the special olympics and win however like every character that is in the movie is someone who has that has a mental disability so it's not like it's like they could have easily just been like really dated i'm not i haven't seen the movie in a while so i can't speak for where if it holds up at all but i think of that movie sometimes in that regard simply because that movie chose to actually cast actors in those roles that actually have those those disabilities to play these characters mm-hmm. and so like it's it's it, it clearly feels like it was even though the plot you can you can almost feels questionable at the same time you see who's all in the movie and again they, they could have cast actors that are just normal actors or but they they chose that other route so i don't know i guess i guess there's a, a form of appreciation there but again i, I don't want to say too much because again i don't know I haven't seen it in a it's while. A, again, it's a hard, it's a hard thing, and I think this is this is this literally is like the biggest thing. Yeah, to t- it is the biggest thing to talk about um, with this movie, uh, as far as all that stuff is concerned. But other than that, I it, I think this is one of my favorite comedies in general. I think it's hard, especially modern com like comedies like in the last twenty years. Mm-hmm. It's it's just really I think it's really difficult to write to to write something like this. And the fact that it mostly works, I think it's a little too long, is my only thing. And that's the problem with some comedies, I feel. Like, even with Team America, which is a night, like, an hour and a half movie, I was still like, all right, all right. But, like, this movie's like, it's like a little over, about two hours. Like, yeah. Could we watch the, we watched the director's cut too. Yeah. So we watched the, like, six the significantly like well not maybe it kind of felt significant because there was a lot of material that i didn't remember as well that showed up see the funny thing is because story time like you know this came out at the time when blu-ray was really starting to ramp up Mm -hmm. basically like 2008 and tropic thunder was among the first blu-ray discs i owned um and it was it was definitely it's definitely a very important piece of my collection i've never gotten removed it from my collection like that and iron man were among my first discs Mm -hmm. so robert downey jr has a very important role for my collection as far as that's concerned but also like i've only ever seen the extended version since i got that blu-ray so i don't i would not be able to tell you what's different because i saw it in theaters back in 2008 
mm-hmm. but everything that I watch in the movie to me is is as part of the movie as anything, you know? I can tell you immediately one scene that comes to mind. It's the scene when Damien Cockburn is trying to gather up the actors during like that, that one-week party. That's not in the movie. Yeah. That's not in the theatrical cut. Because um, it literally just cuts from that meeting to him on the beach drinking and talking to Four Leaf. That's the, that seems vaguely familiar, but again, it's yeah, it's a case of where I I've only ever like I've seen the theatrical version once. <laughs> the director's cut, I've I have seen like more than ten times the, <laughs> easily. In a way, I kind of think the director's cut works better just because there's more there's more build up for the characters and you you. you you get you get a better sense of everything i think that's part of like why i i have an appreciation for this then um i imagine if like if i watch the theatrical i'm sure it would be fun mm. and, and and all that but it's like i feel like i'm able it's it, for me it's aged better than i would have expected it to i suppose it still works it just i think that i think it does get improved on with the director's cut i'll say there's a lot of fun needle drops is this a small small note uh in in, in the movie mm. you know like uh, this, if you look up like the playlist of songs that are in this movie, it's it's a really good um, soundtrack in that regard. A lot of them are songs you would hear in like Vietnam War movies too. Like um, uh, I can't I can't think of the title of the song, but it's like stop. Hey, what's that sound? Everybody, look what's going down. Yeah, like th- there's this. Um, I'm just I'm just looking at like you know uh, just uh, run through run through the jungle. Mm. Um, of course. Um, there's some war what is, is it good, it good? absolutely nothing say it again war though that song that song makes me think of boy meets world because there was an episode where there there were cory and topanga were trying to do karaoke together and they wanted to sing that song topanga didn't want to sing it cory really wanted to sing it so he's like we're gonna do this song because we can do this and she's like i don't think we should be expressing this kind of sentiment <laughs> and, and, and he goes what she goes huh what is it good for absolutely nothing say it again <laughs> Wah! good god you all Oh my Sorry, God. that just made me think of that. No, there, there, there's some, there's some good, um, some good tracks, um, in this movie. I think, I, again, I think one of the big things of this movie is the, the emphasis on character. They're all very, very distinct, mm-hmm. and they're all just expertly portrayed. Like the, the, like you were saying this to me, like each actor is, it, it fills to, it, it goes to the, their strengths as characters. Like Ben Stiller is a good like main character. Like, like every like, guy, every guy type of dude yeah and it would, jack black as that character is perfect he's, matthew mcconaughey he's so perfect. good perfect tom tom cruise feels slightly unexpected but it makes it that much better <laughs> you know it's it's just great it's every everybody feels perfectly cast like i there's not anyone in the movie i i feel like oh they probably could have gone this way with it or they could have had this one play the role and it would have been better it's like no everybody's perfect like Nick Nick Nolte as Four Leaf, the disgruntled veteran of of uh, the quote unquote veteran uh, from Vietnam who wrote the book. Danny 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 McBride as is, is really funny. as the pyrotechnics guy. Yeah, <laughs> Mother Nature just pissed her pantsuit. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it, it's it, it's a funny it's a funny movie, but both of these. Both of these are interesting because I feel like as movies, they would not happen today, at least in the form that they are made in. They're, they're movies that 
are clearly trying to say something with like we talked about broad comedies a little bit in in our in a couple episodes ago and that one those movies didn't really say anything because they were just trying to be broad i mean you can argue bruce almighty was almost leaning towards propaganda which is i feel like is definitely kind of the case admittedly but um with with these two it's it's clearly it's clearly these like really like kind of crazy perspectives or these crazy like sort of wild comedies that are trying to really say something and you know we don't really and we don't really get a lot of like major comedies or i guess mainstream comedies necessarily that have that sort of like sharp wit or that sort of like intent behind them because normally these types of movies tend to like um these days i would say like they probably end up on like netflix or hbo or something you know like i think of like all the jay roach movies that have shown like the sarah palin movie that he did or something you know what i mean right i mean i also think about too like Tropic Thunder was expensive. Mm-hmm. I think it was like it was a cost like nine over ninety million dollars to make, and that's not that's not counting the mar- marketing of the movie. But it was also a huge success. Like it was the first movie to dethrone the Dark Knight at the at the box office. Yeah. actually, like it was number one. It was number one for three weeks, mm-hmm. which doesn't. I mean, for a comedy to do that is kind of wild, um, in and of itself. Mm-hmm. And we still talk about both of these movies to this day. B- people reference these movies, like, people always say, I'm a dude playing a dude disguised as another dude, or, you know, they, they, they mention all the, the stuff. They, that they sing the song, t- you know, America! America! You know. Yeah. You know. Though, though they sing it you unironically, know. which is, it makes it sort of weird, but I guess maybe... Yeah. <laughs> that, that's, that's the tricky, that's the other tricky thing with both of these movies is pe- sometimes the intent is missed. Yes. Or the intent can be missed, and, you know, even if you, you have the best of intentions, it's, it's, people will still, everybody, everybody's viewpoint on the thing is subjective. So, I know there probably could be another set of dudes who are like, well... This isn't as much of an issue for me in this movie as it was for you, but in Tropic Thunder, the simple Jack stuff really bothered me, or, you know, the blackface, you know, like, the the stuff that Robert Downey Jr. does in Tropic Thunder. Like, the thing is, like, Mm. again, you also need people who know what they're doing to make these things. You don't don't just want random people saying, ah, this would be really funny if we had Robert Downey Jr. in blackface. No, it's them going, there's... This is the intention. This is this is what we're trying to do. And it's ver- there's very clearly an arc with that character, and there's also clearly things that are in Team America, um, you know that you, that you can look at. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's you know what? Considering that this this is the, these two movies that are as vulgar and as controversial as they are, I'm surprised we didn't go again like off the rails. I'm proud of us. I'm I'm also proud of us uh, too, folks. Let us know if you're proud of us. <laughs> Please, if not, it's okay. you don't have to be you proud of say. us. It's a it's a yeah, personal no. thing, really. No, no. Uh, but you know, let us know. You do you like these movies? What what are some of your favorite like comedies? You know that that are that are similar to this satires. Uh, us, satire, yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, let us know. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. We're on all those. Both of us have Letterbox. You know, we got the YouTube channel. We have we you know Richard's still working on his video, which. I'm very excited about, guys. You have no idea. It's exciting. <laughs> it's. I am so hyped. I, I may have had a. I may have given it a plot, so, <laughs> so there might be an, an actual narrative. I don't know. I just, just wait and see. Just wait and see. Anyway, that about wraps it up for this week's episode of Two Dudes One Double Feature. Check us out next week. Have a good night, everyone.
Thank you all for listening to Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Special shout out, as always, to John and Kenny Armstrong. You both are amazing. Thank you so much for everything you do. You make this show significantly better than it actually is. We appreciate everything. Again, thank you so, so much. And of course, a hint to next week's double feature. We are kicking season six off with a very underrated and brilliant reboot trilogy all about apes. Stay tuned.